Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's guest is Teresa Martin, and Teresa is the executive vice president producer for Lockton Companies based out of Kansas City, but Teresa really covers the whole state and much more. So, Teresa, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, tell me what an executive vice president producer does for Lockton and how you fit into that whole operation. Well, first of all, I should probably explain. Lockton is a commercial insurance risk management employee benefits firm. Now, we serve mostly commercial clients, but we also have a personal um, Line the group that also works with the high net worth individuals, et cetera. But um, as a producer, we that's a kind of an old line, independent insurance agency term that really are the people that sell. You know, our job is to go out and produce business, you know, which that lots of people are charged with getting and keeping. So our primary focus is getting new clients to the firm, and then once we have those clients, being the ultimate responsible party for maintaining those client relationships. Executive Vice President Kyle, I earned when I was placed on the Executive Committee for our Kansas City Series. So every uh, office or region of Lockton operates with a, an Executive Committee and kind of runs the affairs of that, that group. And, and um, that's, that's my role as an Executive Vice President. So you're really in the people business, so a lot of the issues that have to do with not being able to come in contact with people or get out related to the quarantine thing probably creates a unique situation for you right now. You know, we have been, uh, we, we went remote with a remote work policy effective March 16th, and that was not only nationwide for Watson, but also worldwide. And the original intent was that we would be going back to work at the end of March, and then last week we extended that to April 6th. And Wednesday, with the following the, really the federal guidelines, we've extended it now through April 30. So it, it does pose challenges, and, and I have found that we've all become much better at WebEx, and particularly WebEx video. And we've become, um, we've, we've learned those new tools, like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, you know, whatever it might be. And I, I do think all of our folks, and particularly our, our producers, our team leaders, Anybody that's in a, a managerial or team role has really been working hard to stay connected to their teams and try and have regular check-ins and doing it by, I was on three of these yesterday, one with all of the producers for our Kansas City group, and then I had, had um, another team meeting yesterday, and then late in the day we had our construction and design group, the unit leaders and the producers that are involved in that group had a, uh, just kind of a happy hour, let's connect, what are the most pressing questions we're getting from our clients? And to see each other's faces, I think, and we're all kind of starving for connection at this point in time and to stay connected with each other. 
So is there anything new that we should be aware of, that folks should be aware of coming out of the whole risk management industry going forward? I know it's certainly a unique experience that none of us have ever been through before, and I would imagine in the risk management area there's a lot of crystal balls that are working overtime trying to figure out where you're going in the market ahead. Yeah, and as you know, I, I spend a lot of my time serving the construction industry. That um, When I came to Lockton, that has always been a primary focus for Lockton. We started as a construction insurance and surety broker, and that's always been our largest and our strongest uh, industry vertical, but we've obviously developed a lot of other verticals over the years. But I spend, you know, probably 75, 80% of my time working with construction firms. Uh, I, I myself don't do much with the design side of the equation, but we put those two together so that we're collaborating and know what's going on on the design side and what's going on on the, the construction side. And I will say just the overall industry, just reading all the things that have, that have been coming out on the COVID-19, I think you can have information overload, and we have been for probably two weeks. It's, it's for sure. hard to keep up with all of it. But a lot of things that are coming out of the insurance space just broadly are, you know, how how do we address this? You know, can we create, we create insurance products for it that would address what we're now experiencing? Because so many of the majority of the insurance policies particularly on the, the business interruption side, have to be triggered by some form of physical damage, property damage. And so it, in many cases, can you prove that that really happened and at you know, what extent? So I'm sure, depending upon how many of these type of claims wound up getting paid, does the, does the market react and exclude it even more? Because right now, I would say the majority of the property policies have some form of virus. Exclusion. It may not say a pandemic exclusion, but it may say virus. So will they either a modify that, and does that create a new product down the road? The interesting thing about I think our our industry is when these kind of situations oftentimes are not insured initially, but then out of that comes a new product. So the cyber liability is a great example of something that for a while there wasn't really much insurance for that, and then a product developed. Yeah, employment practices liability did that 20 plus years ago, and uh, more like 30, and same kind of thing. And I think our industry will respond again. It's a matter of what does that look like and what are we trying to insure against. I think it's just on the outside of insurance products. I I think I think we, you know we as risk management professionals will focus on helping businesses learn how to manage these type of risks. And, you know, we will go back to work. People, you know, people will go back to work. And um, I know in the construction space, we, we have people out there working right now in the field and out on job sites. And so how do you continue to be safe? How do you protect people and try and not only reduce the spread, but then ultimately prevent it? And you do have an incident. How do you respond to it quickly to keep everybody else safe on the job site? So I don't know that I've got a lot of great answers right now, but I I think we're going to learn a lot from this. How we move forward will be, you know, very <laughs> well. I think mean will be very important to the survival of 
business in general. Well, Teresa, in addition to all the responsibilities you have at Lockton, I know that at the recent AGC of America convention, you took on a new role as the chair of the Supplier Service Provider Council for AGC of America. What does that mean and what does that role entail? That's a pretty big responsibility. So the Service and Supply Council is, uh, as the word says, is a, is a council within AGC of America. So there's three, you know, primary, well, I guess there would be four councils, but, you know, we, we would be a, a similar council as the Specialty Contractor Council or the Executive, you know, the ELC Council, et cetera. And Service and Supply, years ago, the council was more like a committee, but the bylaws, as you might recall, the bylaws were changed, and the council essentially is any company, any member company of AGC that is in the category of being a service provider or a supplier is automatically a member of this council. And then the council has a steering committee, and that is made up of about 18 different people around the country, and I have been sitting on that steering committee now for a few years and took on the vice chair role two years ago. This year rolled into the chair role, and that's a two-year position. And then in that role, I also sit on the AGC board of directors nationally. What are some of the so, concerns that that uh, council is dealing with at the national level? Actually, right now, our primary focus is is how how do we improve engagement of our service and supply members? Not only how do we improve their engagement, but how do we how do we improve how the construction members engage them and how the chapters engage them? So, as as you know, we put out a survey at the beginning of March, as I recall, I think we launched that right before the national convention. And there were two components to the survey. We were we were surveying, you know, the executives, the chapter executives like yourself, and then we were surveying the members. And uh, actually we've been getting a pretty good response rate back. But what we're really trying to find out is if if chapters have a council, if local chapters have a council, how are they engaging those members? And how are they utilizing them? And can that improve? And then for those individuals, what are they looking for from their membership in ADC? And how do we help enhance that value proposition for them? So I think that's, we started that process a year and a half ago and resulted in a survey. And then I think that's the primary focus is when we get those results back, where does that lead us? And you know, I think the, the COVID-19 situation is a great example of how AGC members can benefit from the resources and expertise of service and supply members. Um, I don't know how many of the webinars you personally were on, but if you just look at who the presenters were, uh, many of those presenters were service and supply member firms. So I think it's a great example of the resources and expertise are there. We just need to probably improve how they get tapped and, and how we probably get that out to the mem- to serve the membership base. As we're recording this webinar, yesterday we had a special webinar with some of our banking partners to talk about what's going on with the SBA loan program and some of those things that are coming out new. So I certainly echo exactly what you're saying, that there's a tremendous amount of expertise and knowledge among the supplier service provider members that we really 
have a great pool of information to dip into there. It's obviously a two-way street. I mean, I, I, I do think the association, both nationally and on a local level, whether that's a, a chapter, a state chapter level, or a, a, like an you know, case for for, for us, uh, lots of more members of many state chapters, but just locally in our region, we're members of Missouri, we're members of Kansas, and then there's a Kansas City chapter of which we're also a member. So, it, but I think those chapters, to, you know, it's incumbent upon them to really reach out and try and help those members be better engaged and to, to reach out to them for their expertise. And I think the service and supply members, you know, also need to look at this as in order to be engaged, they, in order to have the benefits of the membership, they should be engaged and they should attend meetings, meet people, offer to provide advice and expertise so that the, the contractors will then look at them as people that can help them in their business. So the survey is going to be done later this year, then you as the chair are going to take a look at that, figure out what the results are and determine a direction forward to better connect people. Correct. And I, I have, we checked in on some initial response rates, and we had a pretty good participation rate initially. Um, I think we've, FMI has been conducting a survey for us, and I think there's been a lot of other things going on as well, but I've got to reach out to them just to see how we had some additional responses come in. I think there's been so much going out from ABC National, which then all of the chapters have been pushing out about the webinars. So. We haven't even attempted to put the survey out again because, you know, in terms of a reminder, because I, just, I think everybody's been inundated with COVID-19 information. So hoping maybe at the end of April, depending upon what kind of response rate we had, you know, we might try and do a second push out as a reminder and see if we can get a few more. Hopefully the people listening to this podcast who are AGC members may look back in their email and find that and respond to it and honor the hard work that you're doing as the chair of the supplier service provider council thank you so much for your time today and we'll continue to get the word out to better connect all of our members in every category i appreciate it. it's an honor to serve and it's uh abc is a great organization and uh state chapters are kind of what the engine that makes it all happen and some of our contractors do well so we're all uh it's incumbent upon all of us to help make this uh, bad period turn into something that we can learn from and that everybody can grow from. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.